Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. Hi there, and welcome back to the Unlocking the Truth podcast with Precept Ministries Canada. We're so glad that you can uh, continue to join us as we work our way through the letters of John. If you haven't done so, I want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our podcast uh, so that you'll, uh, it'll keep coming to you every couple of weeks whenever we have a new one, and uh, you'll be kept up to date. Uh, today it'll be me, uh, Derek Kimmick, the new Associate Director here at Preset Ministries, who will be uh, walking us through our text uh, today. We're going to be looking at the last part of 1 John chapter 4. Um, so I'd like you to take your Bibles and, uh, and open to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to be looking at verses 7 all the way to the end of the chapter. Uh, so 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to read through starting at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this love is perfected in us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother. So this is the last uh, portion of chapter 4 of 1 John. And you can hear just from uh, as I read through or as you were reading along with me uh, that we have a very clearly identifiable key word in these few verses, and that is love. This section is all about love. So what I would like us to do is to mark the word love as we read through the text. Every time John says love, I want you to mark that however you want, whether it's a pink heart or whether you're going to underline it, whatever. Just uh, mark that word love uh, as you see it. 
as we read through the text. And then we're going to uh, make a list of what we come to know about, uh, about love. We're going to ask the, the, the five W's and an H question uh, about just this portion to find out what we can learn about love. I'm going to read through these verses, and I want us to mark every mention of love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. And the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. So there are a lot of mentions of this word love. I hope you're able to mark them as we read through this passage. And we're just going to quickly look at uh, where we marked and uh, what we learn about love. We want to ask these questions of the text about what love is. Where does love come from? How are we supposed to love? Who are we supposed to love? And if we simply look through this text, every time we've marked love, we can see some truth that John wants us as believers to know about love. In verse 7, he says that we are to love one another. Who are we supposed to love? We're supposed to love one another because love is from God. We learn that love comes from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So the love of God is so important for us. Love comes from him and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And this is one of those, one of those verses that, uh, that we all know, we all memorize. What do we know about God? God is love. Uh, many people can say that. Well, God is love. And he is. And that's absolutely true. 
By this, the love of God was manifested in us. So the love of God has been manifested for us, in us. In our case, the love of God is manifested when God sends his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. This sounds a lot like something else that John wrote in his gospel. John 3.16, that God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We have it almost repeated, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. So God's love is manifested in Jesus Christ. In this love, this is the love of God, the love that has been manifested. Not that we love, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. So our love for God does not compel God to love us. It is God's love for us manifested in his son who becomes the propitiation, the satisfaction for our sins. The mechanism that allows God to be within his, uh, his character, a God who is just, and still pardon our sins. He sends his son to be propitiation for our sins, and that is God's love manifested. That's how we see and how we experience God's love. We go on, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So what does that mean? If God loves us, who cares? What John says is if God loves us, then we should be loving one another. Because of God's love for us, it should compel us to love others, to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. We also ought to love one another. He says, no one has seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. John has been talking about abiding in God and God abiding in us. And now we see how that happens. What makes that possible is love. If we love one another, then God abides in us. If we're not loving one another, it's because God is not abiding in us. That's the problem. It's not that we're not loving. It's that we do not have God living in us. We have not submitted our will to the will of the Father. In verse 16, we see love come up once again. It says, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. And this has been the love that is manifested, that sent his only son to, to be our propitiation for our sins so that we might live through him. This is the love that we know and that we believe that God has for us. Again, he repeats, God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Again, John repeats this idea of loving and abiding, that we cannot love without God abiding within us. And God does not abide in us if we aren't loving. The evidence of God abiding in us is that we love one another. By this, by this God loving us and by this love, us loving others, by God abiding in us and us in him, love is perfected in us. You see, we now have a responsibility as those who are loved by God to love others. And that's how God's love is perfected is when it is uh, not just stops with us, but passes through us. 
that God's love continues to go from us to those who we love. God's love is perfected when we love one another. And verse 17 says uh, that love is perfected in us so that there's, a, there's something that happens because we love one another, because God loves us and because we love others, something happens. And what happens is that we now have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in the world. How was Jesus in the world? Jesus was, uh, wasn't treated well. He was, he was persecuted. He was called out. He was crucified. And as he was in the world, so will we be in the world. That we as disciples will experience persecution. We will experience people hating us. Because we are bringing them the message of the gospel, which is good news, but it is also difficult news to hear that we are sinners in need of a savior. But John says that we have confidence in the day of judgment. How many of us fear the day of judgment? How many of us are scared of the day of judgment? We read uh, scriptures and, and it talks about all these horrible things that happen in the day of judgment that we stand before God and he, he, he recites to us all of our sins. But John says that we stand with confidence in the day of judgment because we are loved by God because he abides in us and we abide in him that when we stand before uh, when we stand in the day of judgment we will not be fearful we will be confident there is no fear in love verse 18 says perfect love casts out fear when you are loved perfectly then there is no reason to fear the one who fears is not perfected in love. If we are scared of the day of judgment, it's because we do not understand the love that God has for us. This is the way I look at it. I'm a, I'm a father, and uh, as a father of young children, uh, when my kids are coming down the stairs towards me, they will leap through the air into my arms because they know that I love them. There's no fear. There's no hesitation they are confident in the love that I have for them, that I am going to catch them. There's no trepidation. There's no fear in that leap. They leap full on into my arms because they are confident in the love that I have for them. And we stand before God in the day of judgment. We do not need to fear. We need to have confidence because we are loved by God. If someone loves you perfectly, then you have no fear. You have no reason to doubt their love for you. You have uh, no reason to be, uh, to be afraid. And God loves us way, way better than anyone ever could. His love for us is perfect. So we can close our eyes and we can leap into his arms, knowing full well that he is going to catch us, that he is going to keep us safe. There is no fear in love. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. We do not have the capacity for love without God loving us first. 
we can say that we're a loving person and we love God and we love our spouse and we love our kids and we love our family and we love our brothers and sisters in Christ, but that love only comes from one place and it only comes from God. The only reason we have any capacity to love somebody else is because we have been loved by God first. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. We cannot say that we love God and have hate in our heart for our brothers. If we have hate in our heart for our brothers and sisters in Christ, we do not have the love of God. God's love does not abide in us, and we do not abide in him. And he says, the reason is, is because if you can't love someone that you see and someone that you, you, you experience life with, how can you love God who you have not seen? We cannot say, I love God, but I cannot stand the people in my church. We can't say that we love God and say that we hate one of our brothers. And that's hard for us because we are, uh, we are human people who have a range of emotions and sometimes we find it difficult to, to like and even, uh, even love some of our brothers and sisters in Christ. But here's how I'll put this to you. If you are a parent and you have a friend who says, listen, I, I love you. You're a, you're a great person. You are my best friend. But you know what? I hate your kids. How long is that friendship going to last? How long is that relationship going to last? How much can that person actually love you if they look at your children and they are, and they are hateful towards them? And see, that's how it is with us and God. We can't say we love God and we hate our brother because what we're saying is, God, I love you, but I hate your children. And that doesn't work. You can't do that because, because my, my children are a part of who I am. And as children of God, Scripture tells us that we are made in the image of God, that we as people are image bearers of God. So now if we're saying that we hate our brother, what we're actually saying is that, is that we hate, that we hate God because we are made in his image. We cannot say that we hate, that we love God and hate our brother. It doesn't work that way. It's not possible. And finally, verse 21 says, And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should also love his brother. John leaves us with this commandment to love God, that anyone who loves God should also love his brother. And the reason that we are given this command, or the reason that we're commanded to do things is because uh, our natural inclination is to do the opposite. We're naturally inclined to, to, to be hurt by someone and to, uh, to cut them out, to not treat them properly, to disrespect them, to, not, to no longer love them, to actively hate them. And our world tells us to do that. If someone hurts you, well, then you hurt them back. If someone hates you, then you have no responsibility uh, to love them. If someone hurts you, you're allowed to hate them. But the word says something completely different. The one who loves God 
should also love his brother. The reason we're commanded to do so is because it's so hard for us to do. Now, it's easy to love people that we get along with, uh, but if you go to a church with more than 10 people in it, uh, there's going to be people that, that you don't get along with, that you don't love spending time with, that you're not best friends with, with, with people that might uh, annoy you. Even worse, people that, uh, that may uh, that not just annoy you, but you just don't like. We're called to still love those individuals. And in fact, I would say uh, that we are called to uh, especially and specifically love those individuals who we find so unlovable. We are called to love the children of God, our brothers and sisters in Christ. So... John has laid out here for us uh, two things. He's explained to us some things about God's love, some truths about the love of God, and uh, how we are to love and who we are to love. What we learn about love is that it, it, it comes from God. That love comes from God. That God is love. That God's love was manifested when he sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. That that's the form in which the love of God takes in his son Jesus Christ. That his love is perfected in us. Not that we perfect God's love, but that God's love is perfected in us. As he loves us and as that love compels us to love others, the love of God is perfected. We know the love that God has for us. Again, God is love. And that if we abide in love, then we abide with God and God abides in us. Again, love is perfected in us. That's repeated twice. And that perfect, in perfect love, there is no fear. That perfect love casts out fear. That it takes place of fear. And that he first loved us. He didn't wait for us to become lovable before he loved us. Paul says that Jesus came to die while we were still sinners. He didn't wait for us to become lovable. He loved us in our unlovable state. And so then we are left to answer this question. Is then who and how are we as believers, as children of God, supposed to love? We are to love one another. If we claim to be a child of God, that we have been born of God, then we are to love God's children. If we received God's love, it is not because he is not compelled to love us because we love him. We receive his love. He loves us. And we ought to love because God loves us. The reason that we are to love one another is to show them God's love. Because there's no reason for us to hate. If anyone deserves to be unloved, it is us sinners, unloved by God, whose, whose standard for righteousness we can never attain, and yet he does not choose to hate. He chooses to love. So we ought to love the same way that God loves us. God's love is perfected in us, and his love is perfected so that we may have confidence that we can stand before God on the day of judgment and not be fearful, but be confident. I want you to picture your children jumping through the air into your arms. In their minds, there is no doubt that they will be caught. And that's how we should uh, experience the love of God in a complete free fall, that we can jump into God's arms and know that he is going to catch us, that we can have confidence in his love for us. 
His love is perfected in us so that we may have confidence. And we love because he first loved us. The only way that we have capacity for love is because he loves us. And it ends with this commandment to us as if that wasn't enough. We are now commanded. If we are not compelled by God's love to love others, we are commanded by the Apostle John to love one another. That anyone who loves God should also love his brother. There's no room for discussion. There's no room for question. There's no room for interpretation. God's expectation of those who love him is that they love one another, that they love their brothers and sisters in Christ, that they love his children. God is, God is love. Love comes from God. It starts with him. We do not love. We only are loved by God. And because we are loved by God, we then have the ability to love God back. We have the ability to love others. And I understand it's not easy. It's not easy to love those who are unlovable. And I'm sure even now we have someone in mind of someone who maybe we go to church with or someone that we work with that just always rubs us the wrong way. Someone who causes us grief and pain. And it might not even be so innocent. There may be someone who actually has hurt us, who actually has caused us pain. God's call for us is to love them. Because if we say, well, this person is disqualified from my love, If we think that we can say that, how much more can God say that we as sinners are disqualified from his? And yet when he looks at us, he doesn't see a sinner. He doesn't see someone who has done him wrong. He sees someone and loves them. Someone who is in need of a savior and gives them a savior. Someone who needs to be redeemed and sends the redeemer. We move from the objects of God's wrath to the objects of God's love. We become, we go from his enemy to his child. Not just someone who he likes, someone who he loves, someone who he adopts, and someone who he calls his own. And this is the love that God has for us. This is the love that we are to have for others. That someone that was our enemy through the love of God, can not only just be forgiven, not only just be civil with, but we can actually show them love. And the harder it is to do it, the more we should. If you have that person in your mind, find ways to actively love them, to go out of your way, to show them the love of God, not so that you feel good, not so that you get anything in return, but you love them openly the way that God loves us. God doesn't love us to get anything in return. He loves us and he shows us that love. It was a sacrificial love on his part manifested in his son, Jesus Christ. Allow your love to be manifested in a very real way. We are so lucky. We are so blessed to be loved by God. And God's love is only perfected in us when we love one another. God's love is not perfected 
by us holding it and keeping it to ourselves. God love is, love is perfected when we share it, when we love his children. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for the love that, that you show us in your son, Jesus Christ, that was manifested in you sending your son to this world to give us life, to be the propitiation of our sins. And now as recipients of your love, we are called and commanded to spread it, to share it, to love our brothers and sisters, to love others, even those who we have a hard time loving, even those who we have decided are undeserving of our love, because we are undeserving of your love, and yet you love us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son. We pray all this in his holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us again on the Unlocking the Truth podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you keep getting uh, these podcasts in your, in your queue. Um, remember, they come out every two weeks, not every week. I hope that uh, you're able to uh, continue to listen and uh, we'll continue to work our way through First uh, John. Next time uh, I'll be back and I will we'll be looking at the first few verses of um, the final chapter, chapter 5. I'm looking forward to it and I hope you are as well. For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030.